This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Where am I? In the village. What do you want? We want information 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 if you don't mind i will begin at the beginning it's a new day let's get going one two three four five six Kevin Costner's like, whoa, I'll protect you. He's like, I don't need it. And he's like, I will. I don't know. Are we falling in love? Not sure. And I, I... This show, I'm sorry, this show is a rental car that's been, you're driving it at 80, and then let's just throw it in reverse constantly. And an ominous, really an ominous, the sadness that is usually on the inside is now on outside. And now, all I'm saying is that from a hetero male perspective, the female breast is a beautiful thing. When we see milk squirting out of it, it's a real boner killer. Our feature presentation. Morning, everybody. Brand new Kevin and Bean Show. It's Monday morning, the 10th of September. What's up, you guys? What's happening? Chilling. I saw a, uh, it's funny, I just thought of this uh, as I heard that clip. I was uh, uh, dragged to dinner on Saturday night with my wife and a couple of her friends. And there was a lady... I want you to pay attention to this, uh, listeners. There was a lady at the table next to me who was quietly breastfeeding her baby during their dinner. Right. There were no shouts. There were no protests. Nobody's meal was ruined. It was not the end of civilization as we knew it. It was just a baby having a meal, too. That's all it was. Is it what the baby ordered? Did he send it back at any point? This isn't done yet. (laughs) (laughs) The the baby, as nearly as I could tell, seemed uh, seemed satisfied. Mm -hmm. But I just, I thought about it for a second, and I thought, how is this the thing that is ripping the nation apart in so many many places? I mean, it's one of the things. Yes, that's true. But, I mean, there are people who, if they saw that, they would get up and walk out. Or they would go and they would say something to the lady and tell her that she was being gross or disrespectful or rude or whatever. She was just feeding her baby. That's all she was doing. But it did, didn't affect anyone else in the restaurant, period. Right. Just uh, It was just a surprise to me to you know to think about had that hap- exact same scenario happened in so many other places it would have been a completely different scenario you thinking about you thinking about it a lot uh no i forgot about it until i just heard that clip about the, the about the breastfeeding uh-huh uh-huh so i just I, I thought it was nice to see something play out the way it should play out right that's all that's all i'm saying uh, agreed okay <laughs> kevin how about you anything exciting this weekend seen uh, boobs i did not um, I saw The Nun, yeah, the movie The Nun. That's yeah. a movie. And why? That's a movie. Because I love scary movies. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, it was, it was in focus. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> was, it, uh, was it in color? 
It was the color, yes. Okay, all right. Another, another benefit. Uh-huh. Very nice. Uh-huh. Did the, did the uh, uh, sound sync up to the movement of the lips on the on the? It actors? did. Oh, good. It wow. Did. So three yeah. great things about the movie so no, far. No, it's not that bad. It's just um, most movies turn out to be, if it's a horror movie, uh-huh. there's, there are three to five great scenes that right. really scare you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to hold together as a movie. Same with comedies. Mm-hmm. You go see a comedy and you laugh really hard four times, but then you have to go, well, the whole movie was, as a whole, not so good. Right. right? So that's how I felt about The Nun. Not yeah. a lot of jumps. Right. Mm. But you didn't regret it. No. Oh, okay. Although my daughter early in the day said, that's that's a terrible movie. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> so she said, don't go. I was like, well, I gotta go. I mean, it looks good to me. <laughs> Could prove you wrong. Right? Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you still won't see The Meg. I showed her. Yeah, who's got time? That's an old one. I can't go back and catch up on all the years past being. It's, I right, think but, like four weeks. Yeah, but, but wouldn't the, <laughs> wouldn't the Meg have probably been more enjoyable than the Nun? Yeah, but he didn't know that the Nun was supposed to be super scary. Oh, was it? It okay. looked yeah. scary, although the you know the uh, early word coming out of everybody that saw it was not necessarily good. <laughs> oh. I just I, I love scary movies. I just can't get over a Kevin that doesn't see the Meg. I just I don't. I mean, I wanted to and I didn't, but I also feel like that's something you're going to have to get past mm-hmm. but i don't even know you anymore because yeah. it's all right if i don't end why don't up. you see it today after work <laughs> <laughs> just to shut everyone up just to shut everyone up <laughs> we we insist yeah no i mean it would be like if there were a new weird owl album out and i hadn't heard it yet you would be like what is wrong with you very similar because his love for sharks <laughs> i do love sharks like, i do like love sharks weird owl. but not as much as beans loves weird owl no one does if you are a uh, K-Rock lister of a certain age and you see a story that involves a homecoming queen at a school, you get very, very nervous because, um, Ali, am I right? Are you, you suspect- thinking of Julie? I'm thinking, yeah, sure. a homecoming queen's got a gun, right? That's what you worry yeah. about when you see the homecoming queen is in the news. This was not the case in Mississippi. This is at a high school in uh, Mississippi. This is an amazing story. She is a senior at Ocean Springs High School in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. She is also the uh, kicker on the high school football team. Awesome. Oh, wow. And she also, on Friday night, was named homecoming queen. She was very surprised. Kaylee Foster is her name. Lovely young woman. She said she was not, uh, she was very surprised to be named the homecoming queen. But, uh, you know, immediately after the ceremony, before the Friday night game, she had to run into the locker room and change and get ready for the game. And... Not only did she get named homecoming queen that night, but she also won the game in overtime with the extra point kick that broke the 12-12 tie. Damn. Did she do the play-by-play, too, as well? (laughs) She (laughs) might as well. She might as well have. In fact, her team, the uh, who's she? Is she the Greyhounds? Yeah, she's the Greyhounds. They were playing the George County High School Rebels. As I mentioned, it was 12-12. The the, uh, Greyhounds had scored just one touchdown. She had the other six points with two field goals earlier in the game from 20 and 30 yards out. And then good old number 15 was called in to break the tie in, uh, in overtime with a field goal. Which she did. You think afterwards she just goes, I have to do everything? (laughs) Right? She's like, bow to me. I'm the queen. (laughs) And it is, uh, I mean, they're still researching this, but no one can ever remember this happening before where somebody was named homecoming queen and also won a football game in the same night in the history of high school football. Or college football for that matter, I guess. But uh, she uh, she was very excited, obviously. She said the next thing I knew, everybody was right there. You know, they were all jumping up and down. They had a nice group hug, she said. 
she uh, she said that the, her phone was blowing up, as you can imagine, but she had to turn it off because she had to take her ACT the next day, which is a college entrance <laughs> Come on uh, now. exam. <laughs> but she said once she was getting through that, she was really excited about going to the homecoming dance that night, you know, with, with the rest of her court and everything. She said, I really don't have any words. It's just been wonderful. I love uh, football. I love Ocean Springs so much. By the way, she also is a star soccer player at the school. Of course. That, that's her primary sport. Right, soccer. Come on. She runs track and she has been playing organized football for six years. Mm-hmm. So even huh. in junior high, she was playing football. Uh, she says that her teammates are a bunch of brothers. She says uh, when she first brought up the idea of playing football, her parents did not discourage her. They told her to go ahead and go for it. And she says they all treat her just like one of the guys. The only difference is she does not change in the locker room. But other than that, they completely treat her like one of the guys, which is surprising for high school boys. Yeah. But by the way, yeah, have that level of maturity, especially when you have a, you know, let's just say it, a very attractive homecoming queen on your team. You know, you, you, you how do you look at her as one of the guys? But they do to their credit. So uh, I just think that's an amazing story. She's also a heart surgeon. A lot of people <laughs> don't know. She? Yeah. Wow. I'm just on the side when she has time. Right. She's like on Tuesday afternoon. Some surgery. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder what. Her, I wonder what she, this is the type of person that you look at and you go, man, she's got a lot going for her, so much potential. I wonder where she'll be in 10 years, in 20 years. I wonder if she will continue to, her life will continue to play out this way. Or if it'll just, you know, high school will be magic and end, and then she'll just, the rest of her I, life, she'll just look back and go, that was so fun. Right, like Al Bundy in the shoe store. <laughs> I liked it. Like Al Bundy in the shoe store. <laughs> I like it. Exactly. So congratulations, Kaylee. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this morning's Kevin and Bean Show, shall we? Useless. Useless. We have tickets to the Ohana Festival. That looks like fun. It does look yeah. like fun. I believe uh, fellow ukulele player Eddie Vedder is going to oh, be on the bill. Maybe you could come out and join him? Uh, I don't think I'm ready for yeah, that yet. The concert's not today. Yeah, okay. when is it? Like a week? Do so you have time? I got some time. It's September the uh, 28th through the 30th. Okay, a couple weeks. Right? Can sure. you imagine Bede walks out? Yes. With Eddie Vedder? Yes. And Eddie goes, beat everybody! And then he just goes crazy <laughs> on a solo. <laughs> <laughs> that would be I so awesome. It. You don't know, man. That could happen. Nope. Andrew <laughs> Siciliano from the NFL Network. Oh, uh, lots, lots to talk about from yesterday. Talking week one of the NFL. Uh, awkward boners. That's Are they going to be on the show today? Oh, Two That's different a good topics? Two or? different topics, okay. yes. We're going to take phone calls. That's our phone topic. I saw a boner. lot of tweets about Aaron Rodgers. I was like, what happened? That was Andrew's awkward boner. Right? Mm. Uh, but Serena Williams had herself a weekend. Yeah. Good times. Uh, Omar is a chicken pusher. We'll have to explain that to you. Hmm. As it's rather odd. And uh, it's Monday morning, so it's great news. We'll take a break. We'll come back with uh, what's happening next. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Hey, Ellie McKay. Hey, Bean. What's happening on this Monday? Well, bummer. After we were off the air on Friday, we found out that Mac Miller had passed away of an apparent drug overdose. Mm. 26 years old. Such sad news. The family released a statement saying, Malcolm McCormick, known and adored by fans as Mac Miller, has tragically passed away at the age of 26. He was a bright light in the world for his family, friends, and fans. Thank you for your prayers. And then just all of the reactions from anyone that seemed to cross his path had the same thing to say, that he was just 
one of the nicest, sweetest people that they'd ever met. Chance the Rapper said, I don't know what to say. Mac Miller took me on my second tour ever, but beyond helping me launch my career, he was one of the sweetest guys I ever knew. Great man, and I loved him for real. I'm completely broken. God bless him. And Post Malone said, you were such an incredible person. You changed so many lives, had so much love in your heart. You inspired me throughout high school, and I couldn't be where I was today without you. Never more kind and sincere and beautiful person. And that was said from everybody from Wiz Khalifa to Snoop Dogg to Big Sean. Even Elton John on stage over the weekend teared up talking about Mac Miller. I mean, he had fans everywhere. And you know, it's funny, Ali, you bring up all the nice things that people say. We expect that when somebody passes. That's when people say nice things about you. But it sure seems sincere this time around, man. Yeah. And it was all about just how kind and sweet he was, not what a huge talent he was. Right. You expect the, man, I grew up listening to you, you really changed me, that type of thing. But just by all accounts, just a sweet, sweet man. So, rest in peace to Mac Miller. Dead at the age of 26 years old. Don't do drugs, kids. <sighs> good tip, Bean. It well, is I mean, a good serious, tip. But that's, that's what killed him. You know yeah, what I mean? I he should, I he should be alive. Right. I agree. Guys, the nun that Kevin saw over the weekend <laughs> opened at number one, 53.5 million. You guys, that was the second biggest September debut of all time. You are all going to die tonight. How? What? And Kevin, what did it look to you like it cost? Um, it didn't look too cheap. No. Mm-hmm. No. Well, I guarantee they're already making money. Yeah, I wouldn't it. doubt I, it. They're I way would. in the black, I bet. Yeah, that's incredible. The, oh, the second biggest September debut of all time. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. Nuts. Number two, Crazy Rich Asians came in second, $13.6 million. That pushed its total to $136 million. Followed at number three by Jennifer Garner's new movie, Peppermint, with $13.3 million. The Meg, still holding on for Kevin to come see it, <laughs> took in another $6 million to land in fourth place and bring its total to $131 million. And then rounding out the top five, a movie that we all saw, we all thought was great, Searching. Another four point five million in its second weekend. So good stuff there, guys. Les Moonves. Woo. Yeah. You do not want to wake up and see your name trending along with someone that works for the New Yorker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is this uh, Ronan Farrow again? It is. Boy, this guy. This guy cannot stop. Yeah. Uh, the announcement of Les Moonves resigning from CBS was announced yesterday amid new allegations. Six more women accusing Moonves of sexual assault and harassment in a new report that was published on Sunday in The New York in the New Yorker. Um, Moonves was expected to collect an estimated $100 million in severance, but he could end up with a lot less than that. In fact, maybe nothing. I just want to understand. Mm-hmm. He, in his deal, mm-hmm. if, he walk, if he walks or if they fire him, Probably both. Either. It's probably two different deals. Then they have to pay him $100 million yeah. more than whatever his salary is? Well, this is all pending an investigation into allegations of violence against women. It's going to be conducted by an independent law firm. So if so they might, find yeah. yeah, if they find him guilty, then he gets none of that money. But CBS also said that they and Moonvest will be donating $20 million of his severance package to organizations supporting the Me Too movement against sexual harassment. Shame! on you, CBS. But let me ask you this. These, because I have not uh, read the account from the New Yorker. These new women that have uh, we've, we're hearing their stories now. These are all, again, 
waybacks, right? These are not things that have happened since uh, he's been married to Julie Chen? I think 80s and 90s. Okay. Yeah. So, because uh, I remember when his wife, Julie Chen, hosted Big Brother, when the first round of allegations mm-hmm. came out, she said he, that has not been the case. He's a new man. And not, nothing like that has ever happened since we've been together, and I stand by him and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like they're, they're, he, it sounds like he was a very bad boy, especially before he got married. Uh, he was married that whole time to another woman. Oh, to a different woman. Yeah. Okay. Which she then, they're, you know. Depends on who you ask, but <laughs> Julie came in at a really interesting time. I see. So, I got yeah, you. Now. Yeah, yeah, okay. maybe sit tight, Julie. <laughs> Should they put less in the Big Brother house now? Should that be his punishment? Well, maybe we'll now see less of Julie Chen on CBS because. Oh. I mean, really? That's possible. Your husband runs a company, got a lot of jobs on CBS. Okay. Maybe we give those jobs to other people. Well, I do love seeing the accountability <laughs> now. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where that $100 million goes. You never you never know. It's very interesting. Very interesting times we're living in. <laughs> Who's with me? Shame on you, CBS. Right. You guys, it's one of my um, top three men's birthdays. Yes. Happy birthday, Colin Firth. <sighs> right? What a babe. Well, all the ladies love Colin Firth. I don't, I don't, get, I don't get babe, but oh. I like him a lot. Yeah. And I could look at other guys and go, that guy's really good looking. And yeah. that's, I don't, that, he doesn't strike me that way. Okay. What Is that about, your type, Kevin? Not my type. Thank R- you, B. Ryan Phillippe, more your type? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's his birthday. Sure. So that's who you'll love. Mm-hmm. Bean, can I interest you in dancer Misty Copeland? She's very talented. Not my type. Okay. All right. Well, happy birthday to all three of you. That's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. So is it is it Halloween like the like the day the pumpkin spice lattes hit Starbucks? Is that when the Halloween season begins? I feel like that's a good barometer. That mm-hmm. one, and I also feel like even though it gets earlier and earlier each year, when you go to, into a store mm-hmm. and they put out all of their ha- Halloween stuff, oh yeah, sort of sort of forces you into it. Isn't it kind of interesting that people seem less angry about Halloween coming earlier and earlier than they do Christmas? I want to know what that's about because that too. is a great Christmas point. has a lane. Stay in it. Well, and I think a lot of people agree with you, Kevin, but I don't know why that would be. Because we're seven weeks out from Halloween right now, mm-hmm. if my math is correct. So that would be like starting all your Christmas stuff on Halloween, which is seven weeks out from Christmas. And that's ridiculous. You shouldn't and, do that. And people would say you're insane. Yet here's Kevin going to see a scary movie this weekend because it's Halloween oh, time. Oh, I mean, I... I they're going to be more, I hope, at this time because it's Halloween time, but I would see a scary movie anytime. But right. Okay. So, um, has anyone taken it so far in this room as to start putting up their Halloween decorations, he wondered out loud. Well, no, that's a ridiculous thing to say. Who would I mean, do that? It's one thing for the stores to right. say, but, but clearly you don't put up your black and orange lights at this time don't of year, be right? stupid. Listen, I, uh, I got a late jump this year. <laughs> I'm sorry? I was going to put them up, not this weekend, but the weekend prior, but I had a guest visiting, and I thought, oh, maybe it is too early, because it was like September 1st. Right. Maybe That's that was, Labor Day weekend. Maybe that was too early. But I asked the authority on Halloween, a man that basically, when you say to yourself, oh, Halloween, what, what kind of images does that conjure up? Oh, pumpkins, ghosts. Danny freaking Elfman. Yeah. Danny Elfman is in here. He is the pumpkin king. He is the pumpkin king. I asked Jack Skellington, Jack, 
but I called him. Danny. Sure. What's too early for decorating for Halloween? His answer, and I want y'all to listen. I want y'all to listen with both your ear holes. He said, it's never too early for Halloween. Agreed. And, I mean, I got a lady kids? boner. Where the kids? Got a lady boner right there. <laughs> yeah! Okay, you say agreed, Kevin, but if you drove by somebody's house, please. <coughs> And she had Halloween decorations up. She had pumpkins and bats and cobwebs and ghosts and everything in her front yard, say, in August. Mm-hmm. You would sneer at that. You would say, that's ridiculous. It's way too early for right, Halloween let's, decorations. Let's talk about two different things. One is indoors. Mm-hmm. The other is outdoors. Like, Agreed. I feel different about both Agreed. Of and all of mine is indoors Right now, I did get a ton of messages from people, a lot that said, I did my indoors last week. I'm not a crazy person that's going <laughs> to do the outdoors. I can't let my neighbors know I'm nuts. Right. But I did. I started decorating on Saturday, and I have, I would say, 60 to 70% done. And How I posted, much Halloween stuff do you put up? I have a lot. But I combine Halloween, fall, Thanksgiving. It's all one big thing. So everything from the pumpkins to the leaves to the cute little, oh, hey, I'm just a pilgrim. <laughs> Those kind of things are all in, in one thing. All right, Kevin. So you say you have a difference well between I- indoors and outdoors. Yeah. I celebrate Christmas year-round. I'm listening to Christmas records all the time. You know, I've got half Christmas and all that. That's me celebrating indoors, not outdoors. But that seems to drive you crazy. Half Christmas is dumb. But Ellie doesn't come in at half Halloween and go, yes, it's half Halloween. Right, but you're saying as long as it's inside your house, though. Inside your head. Stop telling us. Oh, I'm not allowed to say it out loud. No. Okay. No, I just think if you're going to put decorations outside, that's a whole different Mm -hmm. thing because now other people are involved when they drive past your house. I will say this, and it happens every time I post my Christmas stuff, I get a lot of messages from men that are like, why are you doing this to me? Now my wife saw your picture. She brought it right to me. So here's my favorite from a woman, French Pixie. After seeing this, I told my husband that we need to get our Halloween decor from the garage tomorrow because clearly I'm behind schedule. Allie's got her stuff up. And I thought, oh, husbands hate me so much. So uh, so you put up your decorating uh, Instagram stories over the mm-hmm. weekend. And pr- predominantly, what was the reaction? I would say 90% of people said it's never too early for Halloween, which is so interesting to me because when I put up my Christmas stuff, usually... The second week in November, 90% are like, too early. Why are you doing this to us? You're ruining my Instagram experience. All right. Now, let me throw this theory out, and I don't have anything to base this on. I'm just uh, spitballing here. Mm -hmm. Could it be that Christmas uh, invokes a different reaction to people because there's pressure on you for Christmas? Because that means you've got a million things to do in your own life in terms of gifts and whatnot. Halloween is just a fun day that everybody enjoys. They see your Halloween decorations. It doesn't mean, oh, my God, I've got all these gifts to buy and parties to go to and things to do for end of year. I think I think you're right on. I didn't that. think of that, but that's yeah. a good, good theory. That's a good theory. Look at you, Bean, getting kudos <laughs> from both of us. Well done, Bean. <laughs> it's never happened. The Kevin and Bean Show. The world famous K-Rock. Look, look, look. If there's one thing we all agree on, it's that you don't ever want the referee or the umpire to affect the outcome of the game. Correct. Mm-hmm. And we've all been there. We've all seen our team get ripped because of a bad call, a bad uh, a bad decision by an umpire or ref. This 
event that happened at the U.S. Open over the weekend with the Serena Williams match was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in the history of professional sports. And it's really become a litmus test for how people look at it. A lot of people think Serena Williams was mostly responsible for what happened because of her behavior. Others say that it's the grossest example of sports sexism that they've ever seen on television before. So for folks who don't know what was happening, this was the U.S. Open Women's Final. Serena Williams trying to win her 24th Grand Slam. And she is playing an excellent young player who's 20 years old named Naomi Osaka, who, uh, by the way, is the first ever Japanese and first ever Haitian-American to uh, to win a Grand Slam, as she eventually ended up winning. But there was a lot of controversy, and let's uh, go through it a little bit with the Ruse Report from CBS. On the women's side, Serena Williams was defeated yesterday by Naomi Osaka of Japan in an emotional and controversial match that some say exposed a double standard for women in tennis. Here's Mireya Villarreal. Naomi Osaka is a powerhouse from the baseline that blew through six U.S. Open matches to meet up with tennis legend and idol Serena Williams in the final match. Serena was battling back in the second set when a hand gesture was interpreted by chair umpire Carlos Ramos as coaching. Okay, now that's an important place to start. Coaching is illegal in tennis. Right. As was discussed a great deal after the match yesterday... Every coach in every match coaches from the stands. Right. It, it never gets called. Now, he's, part of his hand motion was a thumbs up, and that is what she said she saw? That's what she said she saw. She yeah. said, and this, was what, this, was what the, this is what started the snowball that got Serena so upset, and understandably because she felt that she was being accused of cheating. She's like, look, he gave me a thumbs up. I am not a cheater. That's not what's going on here. Uh, by the way, the interview with the coach, the interview with the coach after the match said, I was 100% coaching. That's I mean, what he, he said, yeah. He, he admitted that he was coaching, but he also pointed out that everybody coaches all the time always. Why was this called? Alan, do you have any thoughts? It's never called. It's never, never called. Ever, ever, ever. And especially not in the finals of a U.S. Open. Really? Exactly. Okay. As we always talk about, whether it's Super Bowl or Stanley Cup final or whatever, when it gets to that point, you let the players play. Mm-hmm. You try to interfere as little as possible. All right. So she got a warning for that. And she was really ticked off. And, you know, for somebody who is arguably the greatest athlete of all time, it was surprising to see how rattled she was by that, by that warning, because she would not let it go. And every opportunity she had, she kept going back over to Carlos Ramos and she kept yelling at him and saying, you owe me an apology. You owe me an apology. Were you a little bit surprised by that, you guys, that she didn't just let it go? I was because obviously it's a very tense time anyway. You're in the Mm -hmm. final of the U.S. Open. But then I started thinking about everything that she is up against all the time as a tennis Mm -hmm. player. This This is decades worth of disrespect that comes her way. And it had to be just building and building and building. And knowing that it's never called... And knowing the things that are about to come up in this story right. uh-huh. that are never called, yes, I would have snapped decades ago. <laughs> yeah, I really would have. And she has had problems at the U.S. Open in the past with line judge, judges and whatnot. I mean, she has had some legitimate complaints even going into this. So in her mind, she's like, "What the f again with this? Right? What do I have to do? All right. So we've got the coaching warning now." It then set off a string of violations that cost her a point and then a game. Okay, so she's so mad that at one point she smashes her tennis racket on the court, destroys.
stories in, which is now they take a now they take a point away from her. Right. Now they they give a, the the next uh, the next round starts with fifteen for her opponent because of that, and that's automatic for every player, man and woman, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think that is. Con- yeah, I can, that's considered bad bad form, right? Okay, but because she keeps screaming and eventually ends up calling the the umpire a thief, that's when. They take a game away from her. Now, you're already fighting for your life. She's already behind in this U.S. Women's Open final, okay? Now they take a game away, which seems incredibly extreme. This is where I say it's all on the umpire, who should have been above that and should have let that fly. And as she points out, and I think we'll hear this in the story, there's you could put together a 10-hour reel of men screaming much worse things than that. I'd watch that. And (laughs) screaming... At Carlos Ramos, I think it's Carlos Ramos, right? That's right, yes. Yeah. Screaming at him. Yes. Video after video after video, and he sits there and takes it because it's not a woman yelling at him. And I think. And my yeah. God, to have a woman yell at you, you have no penis. You have lost all your authority. <laughs> I know that there are some people who say, hey, we interject race and sexism into stories too much when it's not applicable. I think based on the evidence of Carlos Ramos in the past and the abuse that he's taken from other players, I don't think there's any other way to look at it as this was either racism or sexism because he was very quick to say to you, you lose a game. I'd like to say that there is a third option, which is mm-hmm. that she rubs him the wrong way and she he's annoyed by her from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be sexism or racism. And that well, could also maybe, be a thing. Then maybe he shouldn't be calling her matches, uh, agreed, by the way. Agreed. If, he, if he's got a pre-existing bias. All right, let's hear some more. Okay, so now it's hard to hear because the crowd is going wild. So she loses a game because of verbal abuse because she called him a thief. Okay? Yeah. On social media, former professional umpire Richard Ings defends Ramos, saying that he made absolutely the correct calls as a chair umpire. What did I say? Why did you give me warning? What? In 2017, Novak Djokovic had his own Ramos run-in at the French Open. I do know he's a notoriously strict referee who's had a history of kind of doling out these code violations. Ava Waldis covers sports for the Washington Post. I think Serena Williams was making the case that because I'm this quote-unquote angry black woman or I had this outburst and I had emotions on court, I'm treated differently than a man who has those emotions on court. By the way, there were even professional tennis players like James Blake was one who said, I've done far worse than that and have never been called. Oh, and they were, uh, Andy Roddick came out and tweeted, worst refereeing I've ever seen. The worst. Billie Jean King said the same thing. Said that's absolutely what was going on. And by the way, what makes this so awful? I mean, it's awful for, as I started with the conversation, you never want the referee involved in the outcome. But what really makes this awful is poor Naomi, who, by the yeah. way who's completely innocent of all of this and now has been turned, thanks to this ref, has been turned into this villain as if she somehow hasn't earned her place there, as if her win has an asterisk on it, as if, you know, as if she's the, you know, she's the bad guy when all she's doing is out there trying to play tennis. And they were, they were raining boos down on her. I don't think they were booing her. They were booing the whole situation. situation. But how did that make her feel standing there? The greatest moment in her professional life, though, to see... What was going on in that crowd? One hundred percent, and then which is why, thank God, Serena put her arm around her and told the crowd to stop booing. She earned this win. She, uh, Serena, could have been quiet throughout the whole thing, just Mm -hmm. stewing in anger. 
But she stood up for this other woman saying, hey, it's not her fault that this ref is a complete jackass. <laughs> right. I mean, she could not have handled it with more class and with more grace. And I think at the very end of this clip, I think we have a little bit from the post-match press conference. Osaka won her first Grand Slam title in straight set, 6264. Despite facing a $17,000 fine for her violations. By the way, $17,000 fine on top of everything else, which is nothing to Serena. I mean, she won almost $2 million for being the runner-up in the final. But still, $10,000 for, for having those words with the 70, ref. 17000 yeah. $10,000 oh, for the ref, right, though. Right. Yeah, and then another three, I think, for... Uh, three you know, for, for the racket, four for the coaching. Exactly right. Serena remains unapologetic. Maybe it didn't work out for me, but it's going to work out for the next person. Mireya Villarreal, CBS News, Los Angeles. So that was uh, that was unfortunate, wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. DJ Omar Khan. Good morning. Understand you're on some new health kick. Is that accurate? Me? No. I, I've, I've been I've been super healthy for the last couple of years. Why are you bringing yeah. in so much Tupperware lately? Then? Uh, yeah, I, no, I, I do it from time to time. I, mm-hmm. I you know cook a lot of chicken. And Allie just happened to walk in. You guys, you know, I'm I'm in my little cave studio. Yeah. And uh, we're not even sure you're here most days because yeah. we don't <laughs> see you. Exactly. <laughs> So I always bring in my Tupperware with my grilled chicken in it, and Allie walks in uh, to confirm that, that I received a change in, um, in in something, and she sees my Tupperware of chicken, and she's like, oh, wow, that's a lot of protein. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and... So she's like, uh, oh, you know what? I'm starting an all-protein diet soon, right? Yeah, I want to do um, <laughs> yeah. more, more of the lean proteins. But when I say a Tupperware of chicken, there were like four chicken breasts in this Tupperware. And I was like, got any chicken? What's happening, yeah, Omar? That's, I eat every about two hours or so. Okay. And, you know, I'll like cut one in half. And yeah, it's a couple of meals in there. So I asked him, how much chicken are you making a week? Because uh, you make four, it for the whole week, right? About four pounds, time. about four pounds of chicken. Yeah, I'll make it either Tuesday uh, or Monday, and uh, just put the se- seasoning on there. And um, I'm pretty good at making chicken, oh, guys. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm a barbecue master, as uh-huh. you guys know. Yeah. So at 300 degrees, I cook it, you know, for maybe I don't know a half hour or so. And do you have it comes a timer? Really or do you not moist. use a timer? No, no. A timer is for for you know amateurs. You just sort of could feel it. <laughs> I, kind, I kind of feel it, and then Let's just see. make sure you know the internal temperature is at 170, guys. Of course, so we're not if it, savages. If it doesn't we reach 170, that. you could get sick. Right. So I I might have overstepped. 
my boundaries with the coworker. What I said, hey, if I bring in my own Tupperware and some money, can you like be my my chicken pusher? <laughs> Which then Chip said, poultry pusher, yeah. and it made perfect sense. And then I thought, I thought to myself, that's just a creepy thing to ask your coworker. Can you be my meal planner? It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't seem cre- creepy. It's a little weird. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. weird. Hey, if I could, prote- you know, provide yes. Allie with her protein. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> that's, that's the misstep you that's made, Allie. Huge misstep. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me weigh in for a second. Mm-hmm. Knowing the players involved. Yeah. I don't think there's anything weird or creepy about you asking Omar, hey, if you're already cooking up a bunch of chicken, could you cook, cook up a little extra for me? But okay. having said that, I don't feel that's how Mrs. Omar would look at it. If she, if Omar goes home and says I'm making a little extra for the hot blonde at work, all of a sudden I think there's a di- completely different vibe on this. I'm thing. gonna guess Omar's not gonna sell it that way. <laughs> you know what? I mentioned it, mentioned it to her over the weekend. You did, did you now? Yeah. And she says, "Oh, that's weird. That's fine." <laughs> Which is exactly what you thought she would say. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. She's put up with so much from yeah, Omar. She, He's so lucky she's still there. She has a lot. This of is the things. least of her right. worries. Totally, right. totally. So, are you taking orders? Can you? Bring Bring me in some, uh, you know, some potato salad. I mean, what's how does this work? <laughs> no, but I are do you make making a mean our, our personal red apron? What's happening here? I do make a mean mac and cheese. So if you guys oh, want some mac and cheese, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah. about the Absolutely, mac and cheese. Yeah. Oh, put Kevin down for some mac Please. and cheese. I feel like this could be a real side hustle for or you. Some chili. <laughs> I, I don't need another thing to do. You really I'm don't. really tired. Come on. <laughs> you can do catering yeah. while you're DJing. Give it out. Food and wrapping my little girl's yes. soccer. Oh, man. So is there a uh, is there a, pre- a premium, though? I mean, look, it, this this isn't free. Your time and your effort is not free. Oh, I would yeah. I'd, I'd pay them. Yeah, so Allie throws out, yeah, I'll pay you 20 bucks. And I thought that was a little cheap, to be right? honest with you. 20, like, 20 bucks? Because you don't know how good he is at chicken. I'm, 20 I'm, bucks, how many... Hey, how, many how ch- much... When you go to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant, mm-hmm. okay, how much do you expect to pay for, for some gourmet stuff? Okay, My I could, stuff is gourmet legit. Wow. I could also <laughs> buy about four pounds of chickens, my... Chickens? What? Chicken breast myself for 20 bucks. Right, yeah, but, but are you going to cook it and are you going to get like the Omar special sauce right, in it? Not yeah. Out. I'm out. <laughs> Never mind. No. <laughs> Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. It's time for some... Great news? Oh, no. Uh, there was a huge, enormous yeah, pause. Yeah, there's a could, good could, pause. It couldn't have been more obvious that that's what I was waiting. Okay, forget it. When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. Kevin and Bean can make that go away. It's time for great news. out there are some very nice people. No, I don't need it now at all, Kevin, okay. just for the great all news right, part. Sorry. There are some very nice people in the world, and this story came out of St. Clair Shores in Michigan. Last Friday, a 75-year-old woman with her cane hobbling into a gas station. Let's find out what happened to her. Dolores Morata approached the cashier at Sitco this past Friday requesting $3 on pump three. Officer Todd Bing, a St. Clair Shores police officer, was standing in line behind her. You can already see where this is going. By the way, um, I many times in my younger life scraped together whatever change I could get. To to put as much gas in the car as I had. Of That's course. all the money I had. You put sometimes it's a dollar forty. I'd like a dollar twenty one, please. <laughs> yeah. Yep. If, that, if that's all you got, that's all you got. So that's all this lady had. But fortunately, there was a guardian angel standing behind her. And I didn't 
have a lot of money. I had uh, a couple dollars and a dollar and change. Once outside, he offered to pump her gas. She sat inside her car and thought... It seemed like he was putting in a lot of gas because I only uh, told him $3. Officer Bing had put in an extra $20. Turns out Dolores has been through a lot, struggling to make ends meet since her husband passed away a few years ago. By the way, how sad uh, is this? And... It's just one of those instances where in a million years she never expected something like this would happen. It was just right place, right time. Yeah. She's been struggling to pay her property taxes, to buy groceries, to put gas in the car. Uh, you know, like I said, since her since her husband died. But there was, uh, fortunately, that great man, that great police officer standing right there. He says God must have sent him there for me, you know. That interaction there was kind of just, has not had nothing to do with, for me in the moment, being a police officer. It was... Just a human thing. And it turned out, by the way, that there's a viral video of this that's just gone crazy throughout the Internet because the man who runs the gas station, Seth Kasuhan, was running video on it, and he put it up on Facebook. And you can imagine people started calling and emailing and texting this guy going, hey, I want to give some money to that lady. So he decided he was going to put up a GoFundMe page, which she has now earned slash raised over $21,000. Wow. Which is going to fill up the tank a lot. Right. It's going to go a long way toward yeah. helping her out of her situation. So how sweet is that police officer? How great was it that the gas station owner took it to the next level and got that GoFundMe going? So that's a very nice thing for a very nice lady, apparently. And that's my great news. I love it. Well, you know that I have a very soft spot for older people. Mm -hmm. And it started when I would do what were my Christian service hours at my Catholic high school. I would go to a retirement home and do my volunteer hours there. And it just, it changed me as a person. So any story that I see that involves a retirement home or people with dementia, anything like that, I just, I gravitate towards those stories. And uh, we've heard of all different things, like a Seattle preschool that opened up inside of a retirement home. Huge, huge strides in the people that live there. Um, London started hosting rave parties as a means of fighting loneliness in wow. older people. And then years ago, there was a New York doctor that totally broke protocol and the law when he started bringing in animals and plants to a nursing home that they then would start taking care of these animals and the death rate there plummeted. Like, there are just things that can be done to change the lives of our older generations that are in these homes. But this one, I had never heard of, and I am so into it. This takes place at a retirement home in Sydney where two people, uh, Liam Benson and Naomi Oliver, also known as Tacky and Paris, became full-time party attendants to the residents there. These are two drag queens. They moved in for a month. And during their stay, they did everything from teaching Zumba classes, hosted tea parties, spa days, aromatherapy sessions. And possibly one of the most heartwarming things was for the people, the residents there who were confined to their beds. They remade their whole room. So they did oh, total cool. room makeovers for the people there as well. They also orchestrated a treasure hunt where the seniors got to help the, what they're known as the motel sisters, find their possessions. Nope. What? Why are you playing that? Motel sisters? Yes. Motel sisters. That's the name of their drag queen. Right. Names. Nope. <sighs> they had to find their possessions after an imagined night out. How fun would that be? People that are just stuck 
and maybe don't have many visitors to then have a party essentially come to you. They moved for a whole in month. for a month. They moved That's in crazy. for the month. Are we sure they just weren't homeless? No, this is all done <laughs> through a arts nonprofit program. But according to the clinical care manager of the home, their performers had an incredible impact. There was less agitation and wandering among those with dementia. So many more fewer calls that were logged that might have normally increased people's medication. So they seemed to just really enjoy their time there. And Tacky told ABC Radio Sydney, We understand that popping a couple of drag queens into your everyday environment for some people can be a little bit discombobulating. (laughs) So there was caution taken right from the beginning. We were sensitive to people's needs and people's perceptions. So... I mean, how fun would that be? Drag queens teaching you Zumba. <laughs> I am so in. And that's my great news. Uh, mine comes out of uh, San Francisco, but I think the father and daughter live in Los Angeles. Now, Danny Thompson had a heart attack. Oh. And then he recovered from it. And he said, you know what? I have a bucket list of things that I've never accomplished. Mm-hmm. And now that I have a heart attack, everything's been put a little bit more into perspective. So I am going to do the one thing that I want to do, and that's to travel around the country, go to a- every major league ballpark. Oh, wow. And watch a baseball game. Okay. That was his dream. And that's what he did this summer with his daughter, Emily. And this is Emily. I've loved baseball all my life. All my life, he's talked about this. This has been his dream. I This wasn't my dream. Now, I love oh, that. No. <laughs> I love that because she comes out immediately and says, look, it's baseball. Right? I don't, I don't How know. How dull, right? Well, That's what she's saying. How dull? I don't know if she's saying. She's just saying it's not her dream. She wasn't a fan necessarily, okay. but... She went with her dad all the way from ballpark to ballpark to ballpark just to bond with him and to spend time with him. I love it. And even though she wasn't a huge fan of baseball, she did that for her dad. I was trying to find a way to connect with him just because we didn't really have much. So I thought, baseball, I can do. My main goal was just to spend time with him. She's very patient being able to put up with me. It was just a good bonding experience. Come on, Giants! Oh, he's a Giants fan. My bad. My bad. I mean. That's not great news. It's the Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. If you Google awkward boners, as I just did, you'll be disappointed to know Please. there is like you just did. You will, Well, I have a Google alert on yeah. it. You'll, you'll be disappointed to know that there is no band called awkward boners because there certainly should be. Yeah. But one of the first things, that, I mean, there's a whole list of things that come up for awkward boners, uh, including uh, this list from just a couple of months ago at Thought Catalog. At my uncle's funeral, <clears throat> my cousin looks really hot when she's crying. Yes, I'm going to hell, he writes in. Ew. While giving a presentation in eighth grade on Auschwitz oh, in sweatpants. Okay. I got points off that presentation for facing the board the entire time, but it was certainly better <laughs> than the alternative. Ew, more like Al Sweats, right? Sorry. Wait a Way to kill the room, man. Go ahead and file that. (laughs) Whilst my wife was giving birth to our firstborn, this man writes in, it still gets to me today. Oh! I know, right? But here's the thing, and Omar, I see the horror in your face because there's nothing less sexy than a baby being born. No, sexy. There's no rhyme or reason 
particularly for people of a certain age, for boners. There's just there's no, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's no explaining it. It just happens. It can happen with a thought. It can happen without a thought. It can happen with the wind. It can happen without the wind. It can happen anywhere at any time. And the more inconvenient, the more likely it is to happen. Yeah, it would happen to me every morning on the bus. No. Every morning on the Every bus. morning. I don't wow. know. It's something about the bumps or something. And mm-hmm. boop. I would wake up, and then I would have to put, like, my bag, kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm holding it in front of me when I'm walking out of the bus. Till How I, old were till you? I settle down. Freshman. Freshman year so, in high school. Freshman year in high school. So prime time, boner time, all the time. <laughs> boner. Oh. Yeah. So we're going to be uh, taking your calls here on your awkward boner experiences. I mean, especially if, like, if you're at a funeral, man, that's the, that's the best, I mean, right? I don't feel, yeah, I do feel like that may be the most... Awkward. The most extreme, right? But we want to hear from you at 1-800-520-1067. We're looking for your stories of your awkward boners. Uh, is that your only one? Oh, it's just all of high school? <laughs> just all of high school. <laughs> just all four years. Like, like, you're not kidding. The wind blows a certain direction. Ba-bang. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, boner. How about you, Muggsy? I, uh... Was my mic? Oh, it's on. Uh, I was on the uh, flight to Hawaii when, um... Uh, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Sent me out there to do the extra thing. Oh, and, Beer Mug casually mentions right. the major Hollywood hey, movie that he was in. Best thing I've ever done. Let me just drop my movie. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was sitting in. It was like a seven sixty seven. One of the one of the planes that have the middle rows with like five seats. I was sitting in the middle of an entire family, and not like Omar's where it's like caused by the wind or arousal. This was a pee boner. And what? I. Yes, yes. This is what's called... Is that a thing? Yes. And I had to go to the restroom, and and I was wearing very stretchy, fabric-y pants... And we call I ha- them sweats, mugs. I yeah. was. They're not sweats. They were. They were like stretch khakis. So <laughs> they, they weren't sweats. But what color? Uh, they were khaki. Khaki. Yes. Okay. Did you wear a belt or no belt? Uh, it was a size 38 black leather belt. Okay. Stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> and I, I got up and I had. I, I didn't have anything to do, but. I have a I have a maneuver that I tuck I tuck <laughs> tucking not positive but I don't like in it. my waistband so it's not protruding. So I had it because I had to literally get up and and cross an entire family. What? I've never heard of that. Yeah, type of it works. Boner. It's the waistband. <laughs> no, no, doctor, not the waistband. Dude. Not the waistband. I've oh. never heard of that type of boner. Oh yeah, there it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. What? If people owners happen to you, call us now. One eight hundred. Unless it was a super, super awkward, then yes, we want your calls. <laughs> but does yeah. does uh, beer mug get the awkward boner jingle? Oh, absolutely. Awkward boners. Boner. Right. So it still counts, even if it's pee boner. Sure. You know uh, what? what? I just looked up. Wait. Uh-huh. The 18 kinds of boners guys experience. Number one is the pee boner. Oh, what? This wow. is a fake out boner that really just happens when a you really, out. really, really have to pee and goes away right after, like stepping on a garden hose. Yeah. Huh. Wow. That's what happened. Never heard of it? Yeah. Huh. Very awkward. 1 800 520. One zero six seven. Here's another from the list. Uh, my wife's uh, grandfather had committed suicide, oh. and she had just gotten the news, and she was crying with her head on my lap, oh. and moved just right. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. <laughs> 
Uh, I was 13 years old. Puberty was giving me the works. Random boners at all. Swim carnival. Entire school staring at me and five other kids. I'm wearing a speedo. Turns out there's not much you can do to hide that. Mm. Yeah, if you got a uh, if you got a speedo, you're you're in trouble. Uh, I was at the chiropractor while getting my back adjusted. Then it was time to flip over to get my neck adjusted. It wasn't ideal. Mm. <laughs> hey, adjust this. <laughs> all right, let's uh, squeeze in our uh, first call. I'm sure we'll get plenty on this topper. Awkward. Boners is what we're looking for. Pico Rivera, we go to Rudy first. He's up on line three, please. All right. Hey, Rudy. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Okay, so uh, I was a range safety officer at a range in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, getting ready to – I was briefing my unit. On yeah. Safety. Yeah, you were. Right? <laughs> and we are getting ready to conduct gunnery with our fifty caliber electronic. Yeah, right. Gunnery. I like that you mm-hmm. call it gunnery. <laughs> That's what it's called. Right. So uh so we're out there in North Carolina and uh I'm pretty much in charge of the entire range, you know, it's worth a lot of money and time and everything and uh luckily I had my range book with me, uh my clipboard and a whole bunch of stuff, plus I was wearing my helmet, body armor and you know, just everything that kinda just helped me to hide it. But sure, sure. Yeah. I had to be careful. I had to be careful to not walk around too much and, and and rub it on the front plate of the body armor and stuff. Yeah, I love your, right. your helmet, though. That's right. great. Yeah. All right. Thank it's, you, Rudy. It's really weird. <laughs> Appreciate the call. Forget awkward boat. That was an awkward conversation. All right. 1-800-520-1067. Your story is next on K-Rock. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Let's take one phone call. Let's make it John from Huntington Park. Hi, John. Hey, guys. How are you doing? We are good. When you woke up this morning, you did not think you would be making a phone call to discuss an erection. No, not really. (laughs) All right. What's your awkward boner story? All right. So me and the missus were down in Mexico, and we did a couple's massage, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was really good. Rolled over. Lady did the front side. The sheet was just tucked over my junk. Yeah, let me ask you a question about that. Does it just go unmentioned? Do you not say anything? Does she not say anything? Oh, no, she kept lifting up the sheet because I had fallen asleep and had the morning wood. Oh. I mean, I imagine the masseur or masseuse, whichever is accurate, is used to it. I imagine that's extremely common in that work, but I guess my question is, what did your wife have to say about it? She wasn't happy. She banned me from getting the kind of kid. <laughs> she banned you. <laughs> I had to put on my bathrobe and walk to the men's locker room, and the attendant was like, hey, just so you know, you're sticking out. Oh, my gosh. I wow. Mean, John, how big is it? John's yes. making the rounds. Right. <laughs> Everyone in Mexico is pretty big. His oh, penis is on all right. tour. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome to vacation. Hey, uh, Kevin and Bean Miguel here from Los Angeles in seventh grade. When we would recite the Pledge of Allegiance, I would get an awkward boner every single time. Nothing to apologize there for, Miguel. You just love America. Right. Uh, Too much. Uh, from the 909, my awkward boner moment was during my wedding ba- baptism. Oh, worse. Wait. Baptism. He must have been baptized as an adult, obviously. I would think. The church only (laughs) had one year old. (laughs) The church only had about two thousand members. Oh no. Two thousand and one, it sounds like to me in that church, right? (laughs) I'm in, a, I'm in a boner. All right, we're taking your calls at one eight hundred five two zero one zero six seven. Let's go to uh let's go to Randy in Fullerton. I didn't expect uh this uh this call at all today. Let's find out what happened. Hey Randy. 
Hey, how you doing? Good, thanks. Awkward boners is the topic. Uh, yeah. When I was about 23, I was up in uh, Big Bear at a cabin up there cutting some firewood with a chainsaw. And uh, as I was cutting, I was getting a little tired. I stood up and I just kind of rested the chainsaw across my uh, lap. Instant boner and loaded in about three seconds. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. Um, I don't think he should repeat it. I get it. <laughs> I think I'm glad I missed it. Uh, yes. Were you cha- were you chainsawing with other people, and it was pretty evident what was happening? Uh, well, yeah, I was cutting firewood with a buddy of mine for the cabin, and uh, basically, instant boner, and it was over real quick. And okay. Say right. no more. Okay. Say no more. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank a, lot, you. a lot of wood up okay. there. Yep. Bear. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're breaking up. I'm sorry. We lost you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's do Stephen in Irvine. He's on line three. This sounds like the worst because he's got a boner and then he is forced to be in front of a bunch of people. Stephen, what happened? This must be one of your worst memories from school or best. Yeah, it was awkward. Luckily, I uh, had a younger male teacher, but, uh, you know, randomly they'll pick people to get up in front of the class and do math problems. I was decent at math. I said, Stephen, why don't you come up? And I said, I, I don't know how to do this. He laughed. He's like, I you're absolutely know how to do it. So I don't feel like uh, standing up. I, I, I can't get up. And he kind of looked at me, and I kind of gently nodded to my crotch. I'm like, it's like, not a good time. And the guys kind of started laughing. The girls had no idea what was going on. And, you know, we were like 16. And uh, he goes, okay. And then he literally picked a girl right oh, after that. Oh, man. He should have stuck. If he was funny, he would have stuck with you. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I would have been able to point out uh, different things on the board, I'm sure. But, but I anyway, hope... you guys... I hope to do you a favor. He picked a rather homely girl, too, by the way. Because it, it wouldn't have helped yeah, if he picked the absolute hottie in the class. He probably would have taken out the entire male population of the class from doing that problem afterwards. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for playing all the small things, by the way, after Boner Talk. Oh, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> well, we didn't even Steven. notice that. <laughs> of course so we did. Much. We planned it because it was funny. Mm-hmm. Sure we did. Yeah. All right. Hey, let's go to Jonathan Pasadena, line seven. We were talking about that uh, that baptism. I think he's got a church-related story as well. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, guys. Um, so I was about 15 or 16, and there was this particular girl that would be helping out with communion. Mm-hmm. And every time we'd have to get up in front of the church, I'd, for whatever reason, get this voter without control. And imagine trying to walk up in front of a few hundred people during the middle of service trying to get communion and you're awkwardly trying to walk in a funny way or try to put your hands in a funny way to like yeah. hide this boner. Not not ideal. Not ideal. And it kind of takes away from the blood and the flesh of Jesus that you're receiving as well, too. It's just it's, a little it's bit. Not, it's not a fit. It's just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, I'm going to sin a little bit while I'm going to take the body and blood of Christ. Exactly. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Let's try. Uh, let's try Larry Laverne, line two. Now he's on uh, in beer mugs camp with the pea boner. Hey, Larry. Hey, morning, guys. How morning. Are you doing? Good. Thank you. What happened? So uh, two years ago, I was on my way to Vegas, and we were flying to Vegas, and I was sitting near the window, and as I'm sitting there, I'm kind of tired. I'm like, man, I got to go pee, and I was like, kind of feeling uncomfortable, but I'm not really paying attention. So as the plane lands, we go to get up. And as I stand up and start to walk out, I mean, I've got this rager just poking out of the right side. Yes. And uh, I'm wearing, like, like swim trunks. So it was nighttime. We're going to Vegas. It was late. So I'm just walking out, and everybody's looking at me, and I'm like, 
what in the world? Did I drop something? Do I? Oh, you didn't even know? No, I wasn't even. I didn't realize it was showing that much. Ah. <laughs> and so as we start to walk out, I'm, I have to do that, like looking for my chapstick move, you know, when I realize what's going on. <laughs> I'm like, hey, uh, where did I leave my keys, man? <laughs> I, uh, I, are you sure they weren't just looking at the jackhole who was flying in a swimsuit? <laughs> I mean, seriously, who gets, on, who gets on a plane in a bathing suit, though? It's Vegas. Come on. I was ready for Vegas before I even got to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. All right, thank you for the call. Let's just do one more. Let's make it Stephen Huntington Beach Line 5, our final call on Awkward Boaters. Hey, Stephen. Hey, good morning. Yeah, so uh, Huntington Beach, this is about two years ago, and I believe it was during the time of our famous U.S. Open. Sure. So, yeah, a lot of lot of girls, a lot of, lot of women walking around, and I can just remember just, I don't know, taking in the beautiful sights and started having some thoughts. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm popping one. And then, of course, as you're popping one and you're in front of everyone, you kind of got to do that awkward you know, shift it and move it and and and, and get it back up. It's pretty um, obvious, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty obvious when you start uh, moving that area. But then uh, I ha- I had a quick thought and I thought to myself, okay, I'm at the beach, get in the water. So I oh smart. Much just, yeah, so I pretty much just got in the down, clean thoughts. I started thinking about other things, <laughs> and I, it was not working at all. Look, that's impossible at Huntington Beach. Especially at the U.S. Open of uh, surfing, yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're yeah. gonna allow that awkward boner. <laughs> right, that's acceptable. <laughs> it's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, Monday, Ali is back. It's time for What's Happening. What's happening is Cardi B and Nicki Minaj are beefing. Oh, this was something else. This was something. It happened on Friday night during the Harper's Bazaar Icons event at the Plaza Hotel in New York City. They're dressed up. They're wearing ball gowns. But that didn't stop Cardi B from going after Nicki Minaj for what she deems as disrespect. And according to people, they thought it was because Nikki allegedly liked a tweet that said um, the message that she's sending as a mother to a baby girl by supporting a rapist is unsettling and uncomfortable to me. That was a response to Cardi allowing Kodak um, welcoming Kodak Black home from jail. So somebody tweeted that Nicki Minaj liked it Mm. and that did not sit well with Cardi B. So she approached the area where Nicki was um, located to, quote, address the lies Nicki was spreading. And videos that have surfaced, um, Cardi's seen lunging at Nicki, yelling, like some S about my kid again, bitch. Keep effing playing with me. 
and then she chucked her shoe at Nicki Minaj. <laughs> but she missed, and then Cardi was escorted from the building by security, wearing only one shoe, and she had a big old knot on her forehead. Oh. And they say that's because one of the Nicki security guards might have elbowed her in the scuffle. But not a good situation. No. Um, but somebody said on Twitter, I want to get to that level of fame where I could just leave with one shoe and things are cool. Like, I don't have to go back for that shoe. Just that's it. I just have one shoe now. So, um, Cardi- Do you think there's more to it? Sorry to interrupt, but do you think there's more to it than just the liked yes. social media post? Because they are both kind of vying to be the queen in, their, in that area, yes. right? Yes. Um, well, Cardi B took to social media to explain her side. And apparently she said she's let a lot of S slide. I let you sneak diss me. I let you lie on me. I let you attempt to stop my bags, F up the way I eat. You've threatened other artists in the industry and told them if they work with me, you'll stop effing with them. So she's saying that I'll, this is a lot of stuff that Sounds Nikki like has it. done behind the scenes that she has addressed with her not once but twice in person. And Nikki always has an answer for it. And then this third time was just that was it. She was not having it. But while those two are beefing, I have a squashed beef for you. Oh, all right. So this is pretty good. Drake and Meek Mill have had quite the history together. And it all started in like 2015. I was going to say for years. Yeah, Meek Mill said that Drake had a ghostwriter. Then Drake came back with like two different diss tracks. Then Meek Mill had a diss track. Then Meek Mill went to jail. And it seemed like that was it for a bit. Well... Their beef is officially squashed on Saturday night in Boston. Drake brought out Meek Mill to perform a song. Is that right? Yes. After show. Yeah. It's, and he it's said, one thing to, to not be mad at each other, but right. to bring him out on stage. Yeah, it's pretty big. He said, I want to say something right now. This right here is a long time coming. This right here is important. This is one of my favorite rappers for real. We need more peace in the world. We need more love in the world. Meek Mill, that's my brother. That's my end from day one. So squash the beef right there on stage. And if there is any city that is very accepting of uh, two black men. It is Boston, <laughs> Massachusetts. <laughs> I just think that's, that's pretty interesting, though. To You're right. Not only squash it, like put out a tweet, whatever. You right. brought him on stage to do a song? That's a whole different level. Whole different level. Well, now we have to get to Kanye and Drake back together, right? I feel like we do. We need to get everyone back on board. Is that, is our, that, is that a beef, is that Kanye and Drake? Do? Yeah, that's a beef. For oh. real. Yeah. All right. Okay. Look, we can only take care of one thing at a time. Right. right. For God's Why sake. Why is Drake beefing with everyone? I don't know. Seriously. All right. Well, you guys, if you were thinking to yourself after Burt Reynolds passed away, God, if there's only way for me to see the 1977 hit Smokey and the Bandit on the big screen, <laughs> you are in luck because Smokey and the Bandit will play at 240 AMC locations starting on Wednesday for a nine-day run. So tickets are going to be on sale for five bucks or lower, depending on the theater. You think that movie holds up? I doubt it. I doubt it as well. Yeah. I mean, I I haven't. I may never have seen it, but very few of those kind of movies from the seventies do hold up. Yeah. By the way, that movie was made with a budget of four million dollars, and it turned out to be one of the most successful movies of his career, grossing one hundred and twenty-six million. Wow. So he he did all right. They made some money back on that. Jeez. Crazy, right? Mm. I just don't know who's going to see Smokey and the Bandit in the uh, theater. Who's got time? You haven't even I'm seen out. the Meg. 
<laughs> right? You don't even know what's happening with you, Kevin. I'm doing the best I can. It's very strange. I'm a busy does guy. Make, that does make us furious. Kevin. I have a I lot of really stuff does. going on. <laughs> we are very upset. I can tell. <laughs> Some birthdays for you. Colin Firth, Misty Copeland, and Ryan Phillippe. And that's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. That guy right there was on my TV yesterday in my house. Right. And now here he is in the K-Rock studio, the host of the NFL Network's Up to the Minute and DirecTV's Red Zone Channel. Andrew Siciliano is back, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew. Hi, guys. Good morning. Happy football. Welcome back. Good to see you. Season 14 kicked off yesterday of the Red Zone? Yes, sir. It looked pretty special. Pretty fancy. You guys uh, upgrade some of your some of your optics. Uh, they gave me a new suit. It's about okay. It. A new yeah. suit. Okay. New suit. I had shiny shoes. All right. They were brand new. Okay. Uh, same set. You did same get set. right right back into the groove, yeah. moment. Man, it, it doesn't though. seem it's like you lose a step. You know. So. Well, that was rusty. Uh, honestly, I was horrifically rusty the first thirty minutes. Please. No, no. I'm being dead serious. Yeah, I know. I, I'm but... being dead. Serious. Compare, first compare your rusty to my best, <laughs> and you win. Look, I know you guys did that bit. You can come in and do it one of these days. I welcome you to I come in and you do too. it. And then I'll come in and talk about rat beefs between whoever the heck you guys are talking uh, about. Meek Mill and Drake. Meek Mill, I'm sorry. Yeah. Meek Mill. I've never heard of Meek Mill before the Eagles. But well, Andrew, we idiot. have a, uh, a so many storylines. This is the reason why people love uh, the NFL, is that there are so many storylines, and uh, you know, any given Sunday, it sounds like a collision. But you could never have predicted the thing, the craziness that happened yesterday. And I don't even know where you want to start. But why don't we start with your your beloved uh, beloved Cleveland Browns? Can, can I can I get a stat for you? Come on, okay. Guys. So they didn't Browns. lose. I saw. Come on. I saw Kevin. You tweeted at me. I said they didn't lose. Uh-huh. Right. Let, let me give you a stat. I'm gonna. Can I go to my phone, Kevin? Sure. Okay. Sure. Because I know that's. Uh, uh, darn it, where'd it go? And while you're scrolling oh. for it, please explain why they allow ties in football. They allow ties. So uh, I'm just going to make this up. Okay. It's something like this. Teams that force five or more turnovers, and the Browns turned the Steelers over six times. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. Okay. Teams that force five or more turnovers in that last how many of years are like 134, four and one. Okay. Okay. The Browns so account. This is, so this was bad then. 134, four and one. <laughs> the Browns account for two of the losses and now the tie. Oh my God. Yeah, that's a very. To do. That's a very Browns way to, to do that. Hard, and here's the other thing that makes it so painful. Yes, they didn't lose and they are off to their best start since 2004. <laughs> let's not, let's not sugarcoat it here. Let's spin the stat. Hey, it's all about spinning stats, right? They do lie. <laughs> off to their best start since 2004. The guy that gave up the blocked field goal at the end, the guy that got blowed up, if you will, by, uh-huh. by TJ Watt, brother of JJ, is their best offensive lineman. Oh, like man. he's a perennial pro bowler. And he, he he was on ice skates. And he just got shoved all the way back into the kicker. And That doesn't seem ideal. It, it was not ideal. <sighs> and they that. found a way to, to tie. Mm. Yeah. And, and still sort of fail. And, <laughs> and still very much <laughs> fail. Why ties? Uh, did you answer that and I missed it? Well, I Why think they part it? of it is a safety thing. Because I mean, of the players getting too tired and injured? Yeah. I mean, we uh, uh, overtime used to be 15 full minutes. Now it's down to 10. Right. Right. 
So, I mean, it, do you really want them to keep playing another quarter? They do it in the playoffs. You have to have a winner. Right. So in the playoffs, they're going to go all night if they have but to. But that does make sense as far as keeping them safe. It's just an annoying thing in all sports that allow ties. Well, ties, the right. most famous tie in recent memory was when Donovan McNabb was the quarterback of the Eagles and they tied a game. And he said afterwards, and some people thought he was joking, I didn't know we had ties. Yeah. Well, you're the it, quarterback of the team. It really doesn't happen that much in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. It rarely does. All right, so Rams are tonight. They're yes. a team a lot of people have a lot of expectations for. Maybe even Super Bowl bound. We'll see. People were also pretty optimistic about the Chargers this year, and they had a lot going for them, including five and a half hundred yards of offense mm-hmm. in the game, but still figured out a way to lose. What went wrong there? Listen, I want to be something other than snarky about the Chargers. Okay. okay. Because I was snarky all year long mm-hmm. last year. They don't have a kicker. They find new and ever more creative ways to lose games. But then yesterday they come out and do this yet again. And they did miss a kick. Granted, they made a couple before they finally missed one of the fourth quarter. But it, it's, first of all, where are the Charger fans? I mean, yeah, that building was red. That it is was a great all question. red. It's opening day and the team could, I mean, the team should be a playoff team. Yes. Go to the um, game. And I went to a different game there. It's at StubHub, and it is always 50% the other team. Well, Listen, most of their least... fans still live 120 miles away. That's where the yes, Titans are. But we were told that half of the season ticket owners were from Orange yeah, County. That's okay. not true? No, Orange County is one thing. Okay. And Orange County to Carson, that's easy. Right. I, they're not, I don't think they're up here. They're not on the west side okay. at all. I don't believe so. Right. But you're right. The Orange County fans should be there. And here's my other thing. When we, when we got football back here, the NFL back here, the one thing that a lot of people said that knew the market, that knew buying patterns, is that we have SC, we have UCLA, mm-hmm. we have the Rams, we have the Chargers. There's only so many football dollars to be spent on a weekend, so sure. many full days that you want to commit to a game. But SC was out of town. Right. UCLA was out of town. The Rams are out of town. The Chargers Opener. Only game in town. <laughs> the only game in town. <laughs> and yeah, Tyreek Hill's still, really good. Patrick Mahomes let's is Let's awesome. talk about Tyreek Hill just for a minute, though. Tyreek Hill is the fastest human I've ever seen. He's the fastest human of the NFL, period. No one's close. Well, I mean, it does look like he. Be close. It does look like he gets into a zone of of speed that no one else could even get close to match. And he has a quarterback now in Patrick Mahomes, who is like a. I mean, he's a millennial. He's like a video game. I mean, he has a he has an arm. His dad was a big league pitcher. His dad was at the game yesterday. He he can throw the ball. I mean, he he would have been a hundred mile an hour pitcher. So did the Chargers lose that game, or or did the are the Chiefs just that much better? So the the Chiefs loves to do this. I mean, they they like to like win ten games in a row and score all these points and then get to the playoffs and be conservative and 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 lose. For now, the Chiefs look amazing. But we've yeah, said this before, week one. Right. The Chargers will still have a good season, but yesterday was just a kick in the gut if you're a Charger fan because it's exactly what you thought you would avoid. Week. Let's one. talk uh, Andrew Siciliano here. From the NFL Network's up to the minute program, the DirecTV Red Zone channel, which, by the way, you got a chance to see for free yesterday. Yeah, I hope yeah. you all will subscribe for the rest of the season. Uh, let's talk about the most remarkable game of the weekend for me, and talk about a tale of two halves. And I know, you know, you know where I'm going with this: Green Bay mm-hmm. over Chicago. Couldn't have been. It was like watching two completely different games, wasn't it? So there are some who believe, Randall Cobb included, mm-hmm. who caught that long touchdown, that that was Aaron Rodgers' defining career moment. He's had a lot of He's those. He's had many of them. He <laughs> has won that championship thing with the silver trophy. Right. Right? 
But, but he was hurt. They think that was his defining moment. Like Brett Favre throwing the, the five touchdowns after his dad died on Monday night. Remember that game yep, years sure. ago? Yeah. This was his moment. They're down 20 to nothing. He's got one leg. 20 to nothing. They in, the third, in the third quarter. In the third. Yes. They carted him off. At that point, not only do you not think he is playing, you think the season's over. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were saying that the season is probably over for him. And then he pulled a Paul Pierce and they brought him out on the wheelchair. Oh, no. <laughs> I think he he actually walked out on he his own. He walked out, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and then, and then, and then he, he won. And by the way, he was it was noticeably limping. Like, he was yeah. not better. He's so he wasn't his faking leg. it? Because, come on. You think he right? was faking it? Something. Is that the Celtic fan in you? Does it, how, does, how does he then, after it was supposedly, what, his ankle or something? It was his, it was his knee. knee. His knee. Yeah. You don't just all of a sudden come back and just start he did. playing Have the you, game of your life. Have you not seen Karate Kid? <laughs> oh, he had some wax Sweet on, wax leg. off yeah, yeah, happening just, in there? Yeah. All right. And then he did it, and then, look, but there's a flip side to it. The Bears had how many third and ones where they got all cute, right? They did kill seven minutes on that drive. Right. But then they dropped the interception. They gave, uh, like they, they gave in Green Bay their an opportunity hands. to do what Green Bay did. They, they took it. They yeah. did. And they blew it. And the um, Packers won. John Gruden was yes. thinking what watching that first half with Khalil Mack for the Bears. Okay, so can we just get this out of the way for Raider fans? They don't Please. need to be reminded. It was as bad a personnel move that I have seen in a decade in the NFL. Wow. And you expressed that at the moment the trade happened. You couldn't Access. believe that they had like, traded him away. Wh- what are you doing? Oh, we don't We don't want to pay him. Did you see that guy in the first half yeah, last night? Yeah, sure He's did. He's underpaid. Yep, agreed. And how do you, and I'm not suggesting the Raiders are going to roll over and the Rams are going to steamroll him by 50 tonight, but nothing would shock me. But how, is, is there a chance that you lose your team before you even coach a game? I mean, I'm sure there is. I mean, yeah, everyone in that Raiders locker room is looking at coach going, Hey, thanks for you know, thanks for trading away what could have been a dr- tremendous asset for us this season. But the way it's set up, where not only do you think it's a bad move in all likelihood if you're in that locker room, but then you're at home last night because you're playing Monday night, right? And you're watching what happens in and the first half alone. In the first half alone, <laughs> yeah, there were a lot right? of texts flying back and forth between those players. <laughs> I mean. And and let's let's look at it and say, well, they got two first round picks. What's the chance one of them is seventy percent as good as Khalil Mack? Exactly yeah, true. That's exactly the way. To one look of at it. them. Yep, you're absolutely right. I mean, what what time are you on up to the minute today? Andrew? Uh, today is no up to the minute. Oh. All right, off today. Oh, Rosh Hashanah. Okay. I'm actually going to go to the Rams game. Going to go to services, then go to the Rams game. Yeah. All right. Oh, what, a, what a fun <laughs> nothing day. Nothing says Happy New Year more than the black hole. <laughs> and, no, and nothing says making football accessible to everybody like a 10.20 p.m. East Coast start time for that game, by the way. That's what we do now on the Monday night for week one. We have an 10-20. East Coast. Yes, you can watch the Lions and Sam Darnold earlier. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold being thrown to the Lions. And then you can watch the Rams game late. All right. So great to have you back. So great to have football back. back. We I uh, hope we'll be able to keep in touch throughout the season. You know, we Absolutely. love you. Thank you, Andrew. It's Kevin and Pete. Rock Let's give away some Ohana Festival tickets. It's time for Listen to Rokey. Hit it, Steve. Listen to Rokey. Listen to Rokey. That's the game we're going to play. Listen to Rokey. Listen to Rokey. Come and sing and don't be late. 
right, so here's the deal. Uh, Nora Jones and Eddie Vedder, yeah, yeah, yes, Mumford & Sons, Beck, Young the Giant, many more. Pass is available at ohanafest.com. It's coming to Dohaney September 28th through the 30th. This is a great uh, festival, fun time down there at the beach. So we're looking for you to sing a song from any of the bands on the bill. Why don't we start with, predictably, we do have some uh, some Pearl Jam fans. Huh. Why don't we start with, yes, you were going to no, say. No, I was say, huh. Huh, let's uh, start with Jason Line 1. He's, if I'm reading this correctly, he has chosen a very difficult song to sing. Hey, Jason. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, thank you. You're going to do a Pearl Jam number for us. What is it? I'll do uh, Black. I'm a huge fan of uh, Eddie Vedder. Love him. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, if you're a huge fan, then you know that you will sound nowhere near as good as he does, but we are looking forward to hearing it. All right. Cool. You ready? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I take a walk outside, I'm surrounded by funk if they play, I can feel their laughter, so what do I say, oh, twisted thoughts have spin round my head. All right, All right. very good, very good, That's thank you, terrible. all right, thank you, it's all very right. crash test dummies, I'm sorry, but thank you for that. <laughs> Let's go to uh, line five, please. This is going to be Kevin. He is in Chino. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing? Today? We are good. Thank you. We're doing Listener Rokey. What are you going to sing? I was thinking about doing a little Lion Man in the Spirit of the Festival by uh, Mumford and Sons. All right. Mumford and Sons. Okay. Okay. And right. here's Kevin. <laughs> okay. Weep for yourself, my man. You'll never be what is in your heart. Weep, little lion man. You're not as brave as you were at the start. Rate yourself and wreck yourself. Take all the courage you have left. Okay, Wait, I think that's a good, that's a good place to end. I, I mean, think, you're right? taking I your sweet time, but okay. Yeah, I think we got it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> nope. Okay, thank you, though. Well done. All right, let's try Sarah. Please, line six. She's in Whittier. She's got a good one for good us, Good morning, everybody. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. I would say it's a wide-open competition at this point. It's uh, anyone's to win. What are you going to do for us? I'm going to do Maps by the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. All right, Ooh. fantastic. Good song. Awesome. All right. Back up, I'm straight. Oh, no. Oh, say, say, say. Oh, say, say, say. Oh, say, say, say. Oh, say, say, say. Wait. They don't love you like I love you. Wait. Well, they don't love you like I love you. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Sarah. I don't know if you were listening earlier to our awkward boners discussion, but it just came back Mm. into my mind. Mm. Mm. Just saying. Thank Mm. you for the call. (laughs) Uh, Brandy Bel Air Line 8 up next to the Kevin Bean Show. Give it away tickets to Ohana Festival. Hey, Brandy. How are you guys doing? What are we so excited about here today? What are you going to sing? I'm going to sing Last Kiss. All right. Oh, Pearl Jam. Okay, let's hear it. (laughs) Okay, here we go. And where, oh, where can my baby be? The Lord took her away from me. She's gone to heaven, so I've got to be good. So I can see my baby when I leave this world. All right. That, by the way. Right. Wow. 
That's a very peppy rendition of a very sad <laughs> song about somebody who dies in a car accident. I was wondering, <laughs> cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> I was wondering how Brandy was going to do Last Kiss, but I liked yeah. it. Yeah, she turned it into a celebration of death. All right, one more. Let's make it Lauren in Long Beach, please, line three. Let's find out what she wants to sing for Ohana Fest Hicks. Hey, Lauren. Hi, how's it going? Good, thank you. What are you going to sing? Sunrise, Nora Jones. All right. Oh, great song, great artist. We're looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Sunrise, sunrise. Looks like morning in your eyes. But the clock fell 9.15 for hours. Sunrise, sunrise. Couldn't tell to see if they tried. Because the afternoon's already come and gone. All right. All right. Stop and Stop I, right there. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Wow. Hang on. Hang on. All right. Stop hang on. We got right there being yelling. No, no, no. It's very good. But All we right. have to have a sidebar here. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. Secret time. All right. Here's what I'm going to say. All right. Lauren sounded the most like the actual person. That no, was she was very, great. That was very Nora Jones-esque. Right. I got to give her some points for that. Right. But I think that I enjoyed Brandy's Pearl Jam Last Kiss the most out of all of them. She's, even my, though, she's my easy winner as well. She's your easy winner. Okay. Yeah. Even though it was a completely inappropriate interpretation <laughs> of that song. <laughs> hey, it was her own, man. I still think I liked it, and I would not be unhappy for Brandy. How about you, Allie? I, I'm with you guys. All, all right. right. Let's, yeah. let's Brandy it up. Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Ohada Fest, Haiti, September 28th through the 30th, OhadaFest.com to buy your tickets. Thanks for listening to Kevin and Bean. Listen to Rokey, listen to Rokey. Thanks for playing our games. Listen to Rokey, listen to Rokey. You saw them were lame. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock. Hey, uh, Allie's here with our final look at uh, what's happening on this Monday. What's happening is season 35 of Jeopardy. Back tonight, you guys. It has Are they been... ever going to find the killer or whatever it is they're doing on that show? Uh, find the killer. What? Well, I mean, just it's been on a long time. I feel like they got to start wrapping up some of the plot points, don't they? It's a uh, it's a game show. Uh huh. N- okay. That was weird. What's new for season 35? Uh, Alex Trebek has a beard. Let's start with that. We call her his wife. Stupid. But they have said, stay tuned for surprises. And then they posted a picture of him with the beard. And then they came back with bigger than the beard. So there's, like, stuff is happening. Is it going to be a new set? I don't know. But I'm going to tell you something. 7 p.m. tonight, (laughs) Channel 7, me. We got a date. It has been in my iCal for two months. I hope somehow there is more rapping this season. Oh, sure. Oh, there has to be. Than ever before. Rafe talk, Rafe talk. Here we go talking that safe talk. My swag different. My bag different. My wife Beyonce. I brag different. Special cloth talk. Major key. (laughs) He's just, he's everything, you guys. Is he? Yes. God, I love Jeopardy so much. I really do. How would you do as a contestant on Jeopardy? Not great. Not okay. great. But there are games where I am just feeling it. I'm running mm-hmm. categories. I'm doing great. And then has it has to be the right category. Has to be the right category. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um but but there are some categories that I'm just like, no, like math, anything math, sure. yeah. chemistry. 
Sometimes the before and after ones where you have to come up with a little saying and then do the second part. I get all in my head on those and I wind up yelling at the TV. So frustrating. So frustrating. Thank you, Kevin. But season 35, Jeopardy, back tonight. That's Guys, there's a new Prince movie that's going to be coming out on Netflix. And they have got their star. They know who has been chosen to play Prince. Wow, that's Prince Larry. The purple one. (laughs) That's a difficult role to book. Absolutely. It better be Dave Chappelle. It is not Dave Chappelle. Because he was great at playing Prince on his show. Hmm. Hmm. Remember he played? Yeah. Yes, he, yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basketball and the pancakes us. and everything. That was great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, can I tell you? Yeah. Bruno Mars. Yeah. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. He's been a fan. You are not a fan of Bruno Mars. I get it. But he well, has loved him since childhood. He's He did that Prince performance at the Grammys last year. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. But it, it'll be his acting debut, which is huge. What a role to step into if this does come to fruition. Here's what I'll say. He doesn't have an original bone in his body. So I guess this is a, a good use of his abilities is just continu- you know continuing his career path, which is mimicking other people. Such Oof. a hater. Right? right? I mean, that's what he does. So, yeah, maybe he's a good choice to play Prince. Why are you drinking the Haterade, man? And I don't think he mimics other... He's inspired by other artists. Oh, how inspired comes, by. How can, how can someone like a Justin Timberlake, you don't say that he mimics everybody? Because it doesn't seem like he does. Because he's not out there trying to actively be Prince or James Brown or Michael Jackson or... or it's just because he's a great dancer and a great singer. He can't help that he's talented. He can't help that he's talented. That's a good way to look at it, right? There you go. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm going to stick up for Bruno Mars. You know I am. <laughs> look, I'm, in the, I'm way in the minority on this. I know people love Bruno Mars, but every time I hear a song, I go, well, I mean, I could I could just be listening to an old album by the time and get the same thing, you know? It's just, it, it hasn't progressed at all. All right. Well, all of his songs came out like they sound right, like they came out in 1984. So angry. Right? God. What did Bruno do to him, do you think? I don't know, but I want to be the one in the movie who sells him the fentanyl. Oh, my God. Uh, you're the worst. You are the worst. This is a very interesting story. Paramore, they're retiring their breakout single, Misery Business, from their live shows. They made the announcement during a performance in Nashville, and Haley Williams said to the audience, tonight we're playing this song for the last time for a really long time. This is a choice that we've made because we feel that we should. We feel like it's time to move away from it for a bit. She's been criticized in the past that um, there's a couple lines that are very Mm anti-feminist. The line, once a whore, you're nothing more. I'm sorry, that'll never change. And she's talked about it in depth in interviews saying, this is a song I wrote when I was 17. These, it was like ripped right from a page in my diary. This is just it. And they've done the song a lot and changed the lyrics or just left those out for a long time. So it's it's an odd choice to just Why not keep nix doing it. That? Yeah, to nix it from the lineup altogether. Hmm. Yeah, or just write a new line or like you said, just don't sing that part. It's it's odd. Don't I miss this controversy completely. Had no idea this had been going on and this is something she has been addressing. I had no idea Same. either, but... Do you also think maybe they're like, we are so sick of that damn That's song, possible, too. Yeah. That they're like, this couldn't Played be better. So much. Couldn't be better, but... I guess that's it. They said, we're playing this song for the last time 
for a really long time. So I feel like it might come back in some way, shape, or form. Right? Sure. I mean, I would think they would just rewrite the lyrics. Yeah. It's all very odd. Very odd. She was 17 when she wrote that song. Yeah. That's impressive. Bragger, right? Right. Ridiculous. Well, y'all remember Post Malone, his private jet forced to make an emergency landing. Two of its tires exploded during takeoff. That was a couple weeks ago. Sure. Then on Friday night, he got in a pretty good fender bender with the Kia. He was in his $320,000 Rolls Royce. No one was injured, but both vehicles badly damaged. He wound up tweeting following the accident, God must hate me, LOL. But don't worry, because he, the next day, on Saturday, decided he was going to shell out $420,000 for a new Rolls-Royce Phantom. So (laughs) don't worry about Post Malone. He's going to be okay. Isn't that funny? And a wreck one day is like, you know, I'm just going to go get another new one. More money than people see in many lifetimes. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's insanity to me. Just insane. And I thought there wasn't much money in the music business anymore. Yeah. Apparently there is. Yeah, there definitely is, for sure. Um, not sure if you heard about this, but his former home was broken into, which is insane. He doesn't even live there anymore. Nobody told the robbers, because oh. they went in yelling for Post Malone, and when they couldn't find him, they pistol-whipped the poor guy that lives there now. What does that what guy is, have to do with it? Yeah, and then took off with $20,000 <laughs> worth of jewelry, cash, and cell phones. So, Did they make that guy sing Rockstar? I don't think so. I'm just saying maybe stay away from Post Malone for a bit. There Does seems to be some seem stuff like around him. A cloud. That's happening. Not great. And John Legend is now an EGOT winner. That's an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. This all went down last night at the Emmy Awards, the Creative Arts Emmy Awards, which were last night in Los Angeles. The actual Emmys are, what, a week away? When do they start? I don't know. They're coming up soon. Mm -hmm. Are they this weekend? They might be. Listen, I don't have that information. I think I would. That's going to blow. Right. Those hosts. None of us are excited about it. Good Lord. What if it's the best one ever and we were all so wrong? Not we all. Sorry, Bean. You're the one that's giving them a chance. Not me. Not Kevin. That's just not good. Not Evan. Look, I think it's possible those guys could be funny. I just, like I've said in the past, I just don't care about these awards anymore. Right. And it's a tedious broadcast. But I feel like if you have at least a host or a hostess mm-hmm. that, that can be entertaining, that can be entertaining, you're not going to feel like it's such a drag watching it. But those like, two are like the when Jimmy smuggest. Did it. Yeah, Jimmy. A-holes. I just, I don't. But you mix that with not being funny. Right. And then you've got right. them. It's all, it's all good stuff, it's you like guys. A poor choice. Real good stuff. This Olivia Munn situation with the Predator movie, good God. So she alerted uh, Fox that, hey, the guy I'm in these scenes with is a convicted child molester. Now word is that Fox didn't quite get back to her really fast enough. Hmm. So she had called her agents or manager, said, this dude is a child molester. Why am I in scenes with him? None of us knew any of this. Turns out then Fox did take action. They took this guy out of the movie. He winds up being a very good friend of the director, Shane Black. So he's been in three movies Shane has put him in. Um, But now it's all coming out that... 
some of the actors on the show weren't doing publicity with her. They were kind of backing off the whole situation. So, so just her by herself. So her by herself. And then even sadder, it was her um, showing up to do a scheduled interview with the Hollywood Reporter. And it was just her and Jacob Tremblay, the 11-year-old. So you're going to put this 11-year-old kid there to also answer questions? So it, it felt really weird and gross. And she wound up saying that she felt really isolated and alone in it. Which then prompted members of the cast to speak out, and um, it, not not a great situation. No, not at well, all. Why so, did she keep doing press when everybody else dropped out? A great she, question. She, she said, said she it's was obli- obligation. Yeah, contractually obligated. I don't know that if the other people did or didn't have that deal. Yeah, um, Keegan Michael Key wound up saying um, through his representative that he had reached out to her. He wasn't supposed to be in that interview anyway. He had left to celebrate Rosh Hashanah with his wife, so he wasn't supposed to be in that interview. And then Sterling K. Brown did a series of tweets saying, I am so sad that you feel isolated. This isn't what any of us wanted. He wasn't even in Toronto for these interviews at all, so that was his excuse of missing that part of the press. But right. A lot going on with this, you guys. Yep. I don't like it at all. She shouldn't feel isolated for sticking up for herself and saying, hey, why didn't any of us have a choice of knowing that a convicted child molester was in a movie with us? No one knew. Yeah, I feel like that's an important thing. I feel like it's a pretty big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And what I don't understand is... If Fox had come out saying, oh, we can't do background checks on actors. There's some, like, loophole thing that they can't do this. And I was like, when did this start and why? It's all very odd. I strange. hadn't heard about that either. Yeah, none of it makes sense. But he went to jail. By the way, he never uh, touched a kid. I don't know if that makes a difference to you well, guys or not. Well, that's not true. My understanding was that he was trying to lure a an underaged girl mm-hmm. into a sexual relationship on the internet. That's yeah, not the case. Yeah, that was one of, one of them. Then there was a family member that he had sent really disgusting texts with and there was um, groping and touching and all gotcha. sorts of stuff. So, yeah. It, it, it's a bad situation. That doesn't seem good. Doesn't seem like a good dude. No. Hey, how about some birthdays? That was heavy. <laughs> Dancer Misty Copeland, actor Colin Firth, actor Ryan Phillippe, and that's what's happening. Thanks, Ali. The SoCal Helpful Honda dealers are handing out random acts of helpfulness. We all win with a commercial-free drive home today at 5 p.m. on K Rock. Tomorrow morning, an all-new Kevin Abin Show, one of the best comedians working today, Bill Burr, will join us in studio. We've got your tickets to the Disneyland Resort and the Ohana Festival at Doheny State Beach tomorrow. The Kevin and Bean Show, world-famous K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.